Remember that time you flew around in a hot air balloon? You don't, you say. It never happened, you argue. Well, are you sure? And then we take a look at a truly terrifying case of reincarnation. When a man's girlfriend dies suddenly, he mourns her loss. But little does he know she's about to return in the most disturbing of ways. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun. Doing whatever you're doing. This is officially my birthday episode, October 4th. When this guy should be coming out. <laughs> you guys listen to it at all sorts of different times. It could be in the year 2030. You're like, wow, Jason's birthday. It is my birthday, and two people who remembered my birthday. I didn't even have to tell them. They must have it marked on their calendar or something. Running into Dead Rabbit Command, hand in hand right now, bringing me a gift. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for longtime supporters of the show, Nick. And Helena Bustin. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> Wee, yeah! They're running in with an ice cream cake as well. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Nick and Helena, you guys are going to be our captain, our pilots this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, if you guys forgot to buy me a birthday present, that is okay. It truly is. The best birthday present you can give me is... <laughs> I would like a car, okay? But I mean, other than that, the second best present you can give me is to promote the show. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Just let people know online and everything. Let them know how much you like it. You can also vote in the monthly Paranormality Paranormal Podcast of the Month poll. That helps a lot when you guys vote for that. Nick and Helena, longtime Patreon supporters of the show. They often show up for our live episodes that Patreons get to listen to. A Sunday morning, listen to a live episode as I'm recording it. Live episode. But this time they've got me a book off my Amazon wish list. Knife-wielding demons and murderous ghosts. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's basically an anthology of true stories of people who've been killed by ghosts, demons, and stuff like that. Combating the space-time beast of New Haven. If you ever open up a book, if you ever open up a book to a random page, and that's the name of the chapter, you know you got a winner. So thank you so much, Nick and Helena. You guys are going to be our captains, our pilots today. Really, really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and get started here. Nick and Helena, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to go up, up and away, all the way out to the friendly skies that surround us all. Dead Rabbit Dirigible just floating around in the sky. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're looking out over... The vast lands of the world. You're like, God, dude, this is so dope. Look at all this clear blue sky as far as the eye can see. And then we see a hot air balloon. (laughs) We see a single hot air balloon. We're like, well, get out of our way. This hot air balloon is rising up from the earth. It's obscuring our view. And on board, there's a little kid on it. And he's like waving to us. He's like, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at me. I'm king of the sky. And then we see another hot air balloon. Also red. Rise up from the earth. Hey, everybody. Look, we I'm in a hot air balloon. Floating around. And we turn around. We're like, this boring. This boring kid's floating around, whatever. 
We turn around and we see the sky is full of red hot air balloons. <laughs> Not red hot balloons. People are all melting. Ah, it's a saw torture trap. Ah, what did I do wrong? I'm only a kid. Red, <laughs> red hot air balloons. Hot air balloons that are red. They're dotting the sky. You just see them as far as I can see. And in each one, there's a little boy going, wee hi, yes. Wicker, I love this. This is so awesome. Feels good against my skin. We hear all these kids talking about how much they love hot air balloons. That would be weird, right? You're like, yes, Jason, that extremely specific hypothetical situation you made up. That's never happened, ever. Would be weird. Where is any of this going? Well, to figure that out, this is a weird story. There's two things that I love about this story. But to figure it out, we're going to have to look at the world of... Well, you could use the term false memory. That's what people are calling it. But it's almost too specific and too... too, There's too many people having the same false memory. Let's take a look at this. Apparently, there is this thing called the collective hot air balloon false memory. And... I understand the nature of false memories. The second I say, hey, you remember that television show about that man who solved mysteries? And he, he like, teamed up with some sort of, like, big mammal. Not, not, not another human. It wasn't Spencer for hire. It was a, uh, like, a, a black cat or something like that. It was, like, a, it was, like, in the 80s. It maybe lasted a season. might have gotten canceled. But it was about this police officer. And he had the help of some other... It wasn't a ghost, but I don't want to say it was either like a Black Panther or something like that. I don't remember, but it was a show about a police officer. It was in the 80s, and he had that. Maybe it was a bird, maybe, but it didn't last very long. I'd be surprised if you guys remembered it. Uh, it might have even honestly only been on in Canada. By me, that, that show never existed. That show, <laughs> All of a sudden, you're going to Netflix, you're like, oh, I love that show. I haven't thought about that in decades. Never existed. I made it up, and not only did I make it up, I made it up as I went along. I was just grabbing details, like the whole thing about it being from the 80s, the whole thing about maybe it's a bird. I made everything up. But here's the weird thing about false memory. The amount of people who listen to the show, one of you, and possibly a couple of you go, I vaguely remember that show as well. And it doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean that you're uh, susceptible to false memories. Well, <laughs> technically, it doesn't mean you're susceptible to false memories, but everybody is. That was a really specific example. Someone who never watched television in the 80s, they'd be like, I have no idea what he's talking about. But if you lo- watched a lot of TV in the 80s, and you did watch a lot of weirder things that were being shown at like 2 in the morning on Sci-Fi Channel, and you go, that does sound familiar. I remember seeing something like that. The show has never existed, but... Some of you could picture it. Some of you could kind of picture the cinematography. You could, and some of you could actually start to go, no, 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 I remember something like that. It wasn't a panther and it wasn't a bird. He had a dog with him. It wasn't Turner and Hooch, but he had a dog with him to help him solve these crimes. It never existed. It totally made it up. It never existed. But the way false memories work is that one, like as I was saying it, I could start to picture it in my head. And the graininess of the 80s cinematography, television cinematography. This is what false memories are, and they're super common. People get them all the time. So by simply talking, you can implant false memories in people really, really easily. They did this big study where they convinced people that when they were a kid, they were lost in the mall. 
And they never were, or at least it never was reported. They never were lost in the mall. But after implanting the memory through casual conversation, sometimes you would have the doctor photos. They've done the study multiple times. They showed you a photo of an event that never happened. I think a famous one was like Burton or Ernie at Disneyland or something like that. And people are like, oh, yeah, I remember when Sesame Street was part of Disney. It's really easy to put false memories in people. It's not because you're stupid. It's just the way that the brain works. It's presented with information and it doesn't know if it's good or bad. It just absorbs everything. That's what this false, that's what could be going on between this false memory of this hot air balloon ride. This is super weird. So what happened was this guy says back in 2018 when he was really, really into the Mandela effect and retcon, you know, that's, we talk about that a lot. It's just where the universe keeps getting reset and you remember the old universe. It's kind of a more generic term. The Mandela effect, I think, has kind of fallen out of usage among conspiracy theorists, but it, this retconning of reality, we'll call this guy Jack. He said, back in 2018, I was taking informal polls online and... I don't know what the makeup of these polls were. He's talking about it now, but he goes, when asked about a specific event, uh, he was talking about uh, hot air balloon rides. He goes, when asked, one third of all people in his informal poll had a memory of being in a hot air balloon at some point during their childhood. They said, I remember it. I remember being in a hot air balloon. But I'm pretty sure it didn't happen because whenever I brought it up as a kid or even as an adult, nobody remembered it as well. Like my parents didn't remember me being in a hot air balloon. No one in my family, siblings, none of them remembered it. So even like the kids who had this memory, they remembered no one else remembering it. So it was something that stuck with them. It was something that was odd. Another thing that Jack figured out in this polling was that most of the hot air balloons were red. But he didn't really know what to make of it. He's kind of posting this on Reddit, and he's going, what was up with this? Let me get his his username. Maybe he deleted it. Let me check out what his username was so I can give him credit. Because that's an interesting thing. Now, again, here's the thing. If you put up a post on a subreddit like retconning saying, hey, um, does anyone know about this hot air balloon ride when they are kids. It's really mysterious. Not everybody knows about this. You're going to have people who have never had that memory before, ever, all of a sudden, it's really weird quirk of the brain. All of a sudden, they will have a faint memory of being in a hot air balloon. So once you post this, he has the username Magical Mushrooms. Once you say, hey, does anyone remember this creepy thing about you possibly being in a hot air balloon, but no one else remembers it? A, a, a couple of people are going to then instantly create that memory. Which is, again, like, that's just weird in and of itself. But he, he said, yeah, a lot of people had this same type of memory. And when he posted this just recently in the retconning subreddit, now even more people are saying... That's really weird. I had a memory. They weren't part of this poll back in 2018. Now that he's talking about these results, like what could it have been, people are coming out and saying, that's really weird. I remember that too. Now, is this all false memory? I mean, I understand the mechanism that's causing that. And I'm not trying to debunk this right away. I'm kind of clearing the table of that. It's very, very, very possible that's what this is. 
But who knows? All these people start posting that they have, uh, quote-unquote, like, sketchy memories. Not, not like it was some pervert in the basket. But that they can't really piece it together. A lot of people start posting saying, I do remember being in a hot air balloon as a kid. Vague feelings of just being in a giant wicker basket. They remember that feeling. One guy went on to tell this long story about... Now, see, here's the thing. I think some people legit... Here, let me break this down. <clears throat> I think there's three groups of people involved in this. One, people who actually were in hot air balloons as a child. Two, people who were never in a hot air balloon as a child, but have, for whatever reason, a memory of being in a hot air balloon. Or three, people who are having false memory. Who never, ever thought of this before this poll was taken, or now the second time that it was posted. They, it never, ever, ever happened to them, and they made it up on the spot. Not intentionally subconsciously but you do have people i do think there is a group of people who are believe that they were in a hot air balloon even though they never were and then you have to think what is this is this aliens is this some sort of government mind control thing is this a way to kind of is this a symbol that something's been covered up and i say that because we did a story a long time ago about the gate program the gifted and talented education kids or whatever <laughs> i mean it was like a special ed not like special ed like you couldn't go to school but gate was like special education in the sense that you were so smart you had to have separate classes it's called gate um i was in a program similar to that shockingly right you're like you don't even know what the acronym stands for you can barely pronounce the word gate um I was in a program like that before. There's been controversy. It was at a government control. I'll put those episodes in the show notes because one is about the gate program. Gifted and talented, exceptional. I don't know. Professor X showed up once a week and took us all to a little cabin. We, um, I have one about that conspiracy in general. Then I have one about a program I went to and it was quite odd. Uh, I have very few memories of it. And here's the thing. So I, 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 there, I have very few memories of my childhood in general. And when I say that, people go, yeah, I don't really remember. Like when I was a kid, I was like, no, I don't remember m much of anything before the age of 12. It's a, nothing but a blank. Like there's just nothing there. I don't remember. I can count maybe on both hands how many memories that I can casually pull up from my childhood. It's super rare. And if I sit and think about it, I could probably get 20. I have almost zero memory below the age of 12. And who knows why, right? It could have been, I could be, you know, blocking out some sort of deep-seated trauma. It could have been super boring, right? Could have been, could have been terribly boring. If anything, like, I'll remember a moment of the second grade. I remember a particular day, but I could never, I could never go through and point out uh, friends from old, anything before middle school. You could walk up to me. You could tell me we went to, you could tell me all sorts of stuff we did at elementary school. I have zero recollection of it, but oddly enough, I do have a recollection of, flying in a helicopter 
when I was a little kid. And that's another thing. Some people have said, I don't remember ever being in a hot air balloon, but I do remember being in a helicopter. I have very, very vivid... And I, I, I 100% believe that this is a real event. I never questioned it. Even after reading this and seeing other people hallucinated helicopter rides, I don't question it. I couldn't tell you the year, but I could tell you pretty much everything about that helicopter ride. It's one of the very few memories that is solid. And it was way, way, way before I was in middle school. I was at the fair with my great-grandma McGee. It was helicopter rides for however many dollars. You remember walking onto like this wooden, like you had to walk up this little wooden staircase and there's like this platform. Like I remember tons of details about it. Me and my grandma got in the helicopter. We flew up and then we landed. It was nothing fancy. It was just, it was just like, you know, we went up high enough to kind of see the whole fair. Landed. That was it. Very vivid memory. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It wasn't anything... It didn't change my life in any way. That's how my memories are. I One of my early, early memories, I was probably in third grade. I remember, and this is the thing. People go, well, you know, maybe because you're older, you've forgotten stuff. I know that I, I knew I had memory problems as a kid because the way other people talked about remembering things. As a kid, I realized I didn't do that. One of my memories is driving with my mom to, there used to be this little bakery, this little nice little, um, morning restaurant place cafe in birdcage walk which is in sacramento which is in citrus heights more specifically uh me and my mom would go there and grandma would meet us there and we do this occasionally and i remember very vividly one morning as we were driving through the parking lot to this cafe bakery i remember turning to my mom and saying will i remember this Because I knew even back then, I didn't remember. I just, everything would just disappear into the ashes of darkness. Like I could not remember things. And obviously I wasn't an idiot. Like I was able to learn. I was able to progress. But having an emotional attachment, having a snapshot of the past, my brain was not doing that. And I very clearly remembering, wondering as I was, because I was very happy. I was hanging out with my mom. I was going to get a belly full of cheese scones. I was going to hang out with my grandma and my great-grandma. I had a lot of joy. My question was, will I remember this? And you know what's funny? I don't remember anything else about that day. I don't remember anything else about that week, that month. But I remember asking my mom, will I remember this? Because I knew something was wrong. I knew my brain wasn't... I'd hear other hear people talk about remembering stuff. And I was like, I... I I don't understand. I, all those memories are locked away. See, I've act, I don't have access to them. They're there. They're imprinted on my brain. I just can't access them. And whether that is a, a block that I put up or, you know, government, <laughs> government mind control, a doubtful, right, especially at that age, maybe as you get older. I don't think the government controls my brain or anything like that. I'm just talking about as a overall paranoia thing. I think they would probably wait <laughs> until they could see how useful you were. Who knows what that mechanism is? It could be a, a block that I've put up. Could be some conspiracy-related thing. I don't think so. Could be some sort of mental, like a f chemical thing. My brain wasn't 
all those memories are locked away, but I just can't access them. Now I have a much better memory. Now I can pretty much remember anything post-middle school. I can remember friends. I can draw you maps. I can say all this stuff. can't remember how to pronounce words, but I can do all this other stuff. I, but in that before middle school phase where I, I actually have to turn to my mom and say, will I remember this? Because I knew there was something wrong. I remember the helicopter ride. It could be because it was so unusual. It could be because I was with my grandma. It was a safe hair. It could be the first time. It definitely was the first time I was that high. I just find it odd because like, I wasn't like, yay. I was just like, oh, okay, this is up in a helicopter. And then when I read this, I thought, well, that's really interesting. Out of the very limited memories I have as a childhood, one of them is connected, possibly connected to this phenomenon. Because you have the people who say, we went up in hot air balloons. Then you have other people who say, we, we didn't do that, but we went up in a helicopter ride. And the one person goes, my mom didn't remember the helicopter ride. She didn't remember it at all. Now, my great-grandma's passed away. I don't know if she remembered it. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know if I'd bug her. Because at this point, she'd probably be like, she she was 94, 95 when she passed away in 2001. So what should, would she be now? She'd be 20 years older. She'd be 120 years old. I don't think I'd be like, hey, Grandma, Grandma, do you remember helicopter in? She probably had better things to do. But I'm sure, like, reading on here, there was a couple people who said, no, no, I do remember being in a hot air balloon, but I really wasn't a hot air balloon. It was an actual experience I had. Is it a memory of alien abduction is it a memory of some sort of implanted memory some sort of mind control some people said it's because a lot of times and i remember this the textbooks back in the day it had hot air balloons on them there was this very famous set of textbooks that had hot air balloons on the cover and people go well maybe you just looked at that cover a lot and thought you were in a hot air balloon well i mean i don't think these people are that dumb i don't think that they're dumb at all i think the smartest person in the world can have false memories implanted in them fairly quickly but i don't think it's just by looking at a picture they're like well yuck yuck i guess i'm mickey mouse because i had a mickey mouse poster on my wall time to get that time to get that tail implanted into my butt make my, make my dreams come true i don't think that that is i don't think it was just from the cover of the book but a very interesting look at that very like is that a false memory i'm curious as to how many of you have experienced this now, again, because I've talked about it, some of you may have had that memory implanted in your head. Like you go, what? No, that never happened. And then as the story goes on, you're like, wait, I do have a vague recollection of that. And you have to ask yourself, is it a false memory? Am I awakening a part of your brain? Or like, where were you abducted by aliens? <laughs> you're like, ah, you're at work. You're like, ah, they're like, dude, you have to stop listening to Jason's podcast at work. You're running around the factory. You're like, I was abducted. I was abducted in a red hot air balloon. Before. What? That doesn't even make sense. You're like, ah. Every time this is hypothetical situation on the show, you're like, that's me. That's me. Driving the bulldozer through the wall to destroy the hot air balloon factory down the street. It's possible that this really did happen to you. It's possible you really were in a hot air balloon. It's possible this is a false memory created by me talking about it. It's also possible that you were abducted or underwent some sort of mind control, and this was the symbol that was used. We don't get a lot into mind control on this show, honestly. Like, it is a topic I find fascinating. I think it's because I read all that stuff really, really early on, looking into conspiracy theories, that now when I see stuff like it, I'm like, this is kind of old. This is kind of old hat. Everybody knows this stuff. So I don't cover it as much. But I find it totally fascinating, and that's how it could work. Someone could 
like on yesterday's episode about the cat. <laughs> like Jason, I was really hoping you'd never bring that episode up again. That's how it could work. A false memory could be implanted over a bizarre event. It doesn't make sense to your mind, but your mind's just trying to figure something out. And when I say false memory at this point, like not like you're just made it up, but your brain's trying to process something traumatic. So it's like a hot air balloon. You like hot air balloons, don't you, kid? Here's a beautiful hot air balloon, but really it was some sort of government control thing. They were messing with your brain. I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just getting off on a completely different topic. I don't cover mind, government mind control as much as I would like to, I guess. I just I don't find super compelling articles about it anymore because it's all I just kind of have heard all that stuff. At least that's at least that's what the CIA agent living in my head is telling me. I don't, you don't need to cover that, Jason. It's old news. Thank you, little man in my brain. Nick and Helena, I'm going to toss you guys code keys to the Carpenter Copter. Or leave behind the friendly skies saying goodbye to all these kids in balloons. Fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. We all jump off the Carpenter Copter. We're standing in front of this house in the suburbs. Looks like any other house. Nice lawn. Garage. Roof. This house and all the other houses in this neighborhood have roofs. We're like, wow, man, this place sure is fancy. Did you see that? What's this What's this green stuff I'm walking on? Oh, that's grass. What? I've only read about this stuff in history books. With hot air balloons on the cover. We're standing outside of this middle class suburban household and we're about to meet a family there's a young man living here his name's philip he has a wife we'll call her may and an adorable baby little girl named april and philip and april are hanging out in the living room this is like a tiny baby person at this point she'd be around five okay so maybe not tiny baby i think at five you're kind of starting school but this five-year-old girl, April, is walking around the house, and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, look. Look what I found. Philip's like, what is it, April? And she goes, I found this photograph. <laughs> He's like, we need to take you to the doctor. I don't know what's up with your voice. She's like, what? What's wrong with my voice? She goes, Daddy, I found this photograph. Look at this. And April holds the photograph up. And Philip looks at it and he goes, I knew this day would come. Or did he? Did he know that eventually April would be looking at a photograph? Let's get the story started. This is an interesting story. Let's go back in time to the year 2010. Philip is not with May. April does not exist. Philip, in 2010, ends up meeting this woman, we'll call her Becca. And they hit it off pretty quickly. They have a lot of stuff in common. They have a lot of fun together. It's a whirlwind romance. However, Becca has a drinking problem. So that is all always going to make things ten times worse. You could be in love with someone, but... When they're in love with the bottle, you know, you know eventually things are going to collide. 
Well, he's a younger man, and Becca's a young woman, and so he's like, whatever, I'm just going to keep dating this girl. She's pretty cool. It does suck that she drinks all the time, and it also sucks that I always have to be the one to pick her up off the ground. Like, she's that drunk. She's not, you know, a couple of white claws on the weekend. Like, she's puking drunk, falling down when she gets drunk, and he goes, she drank every time we went out. Every time we went out, she was getting plastered. And he would always take care of her. He'd be the one to pick her up off the ground. He'd be the one to take her home, tuck her into bed. And he goes, when she would get super drunk, and when I would have to take care of her, a lot of times she would scrunch her face up in this very peculiar way and say, I'm glad I found my daddy. Okay, now, now here's the thing. Long-time listeners of Dead Rabbit Radio, they're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where's this Where's this story going? Okay, so, so strap in, because this one gets weird quick. She would say things like that. They really did love each other. But, of course, it gets old. You can only do it for so long. You can only date someone with a substance abuse problem for so long... Till the point where it's just not fun anymore. Or you gotta look out for your own safety, your well-being. Even just your emotional well-being. You're like, I don't I wanna pick this girl up off the floor anymore. It's super embarrassing. Well, anyways, Philip makes the decision that he's gonna have to break up with Becca. And she is besides herself. She can't imagine a life without him she truly truly loves philip so much that she is begging him on the last night of their relationship she is sobbing she is begging him to stay she says you're the most important thing in my life philip please i need you to stay with me i can't imagine a world without you and philip says i'm not the most important thing in your life and i have proof of that it's the drinking You can't stop drinking. I'm sure, really, you know, we kind of skipped over a period of time here. I'm sure this didn't come out of the blue. It may have felt like that. But, you know, you have these conversations. You say, hey, you need to cut back on the drinking. I will, I will. And then they don't. And then something happens. You really got to cut back on the drinking. I will, I will. And maybe they'll slow down a bit. But then it'll get big again. They'll start drinking again. This whole thing. So he's done with it. He's like, you won't, you can't stop drinking. You cannot stop drinking. You don't love me more than anything. You love alcohol more than anything. So I'm going to leave. Philip moves away. Meets and ends up meeting May. They date for a while. They get married. In 2018, May gets pregnant. Something else happens in 2018. Philip hears through some old mutual friends of his and Becca's that recently Becca got really, really drunk and killed herself. And Philip goes, listen, the last time I saw her, she was begging me to stay. That was the very last time I'd ever seen her. And I walked out because I knew she wasn't going to get better. She loved the alcohol more than she loved me. 
But to say that I was over her is not true. He really, really had strong feelings for her, but he had to make that decision. It just gets to be too much. He had to make the decision to leave her, but it's not that not because he didn't love her, but because it just he could see this spiraling out of control. She died, his daughter was born, all this happens in 2018. Now jump ahead to 2023 where he is posting this story online underneath the name Ty Moore. He says he's starting to notice things about his daughter, April. He said that when April saw a photo, he's starting to believe it is possible that his five-year-old daughter, April, is the reincarnation of his dead ex-girlfriend. And here's, he says, listen, I could just be projecting, which is creepy enough. We're going to set that aside for a second. He goes, I could just be projecting. It's possible that Becca... My ex-girlfriend, who I really loved and never got over, her soul is now in the body of my five-year-old daughter. And this is kind of how he's putting this together. He said, one, well, this is interesting because in my narrative, I just said that April found the photo and went, Daddy, Daddy, look at, look at this. What the end of that story was, was Philip said, when April saw a photo of my ex-girlfriend, my daughter said she, quote, looks like me. So recognizing yourself in a photo, an older photo, right? A, a live photo. April, five-year-old girl is looking at a photo of Becca and going, that looks like me. What's interesting is when I made that narrative up, uh, how she found the photo. This might sound weird, but I said she walks through the closet. She finds a photo or however I put it. And she goes, daddy, daddy, look. That's not what happened. That would be one thing. That's not what happened. According to Philip, he showed April a photo of Becca. He had the photo and he chose, he made the decision to pull the photo out, whether it was on his phone or was printed out or what. It's not that April had found the photo and goes, oh, this looks like me. No, it's it, there is a big difference between the two. I'd have to wonder why is Philip showing his daughter a photo of his dead ex-girlfriend? But he said, quote, I showed her a picture of the dead woman. That's how he refers to, you know, Becca's the made-up name we have for the, the story. He re keeps referring to her as the dead woman. I showed her a picture of the dead woman, and she says she, quote, looks like me. So, at this talk about false memories, right? We just did this whole segment. I didn't even think about that when I paired these two stories up. He goes, I'm just showing her a picture of this, my dead ex-girlfriend. And my daughter goes, that looks like me. It could be reincarnation, right? It could be all sorts of weirdness. There's a big difference between someone finding it and someone showing it. I, I wonder why he's showed her the photo of the dead ex-girlfriend. I doubt his wife would appreciate that. And But that's not the main thing. That's really not the main reason why he thinks that's true. He, he showed her the photo because he already had a hunch that his daughter was the reincarnation of his dead ex-girlfriend. Because, he goes, one day my daughter looked up at me and said, I'm glad I found my daddy. 
So he goes, maybe my girlfriend dies in 2018. This child, we get pregnant in 2018, the same year. My daughter says, not I'm glad I have a daddy or I'm glad you're my daddy. He says, my daughter said, I'm glad I found my daddy. He goes, there are other things she does that reminds me of Becca. He specifically, as one of the examples, he says she smirks. The way she smirks reminds him of Becca. I don't know if that's the same thing with the scrunching of the face. But uh, he says, you know, I do, I do recognize things about her. He says, I'm just going to list them off here. He goes, the way she acts, her mannerisms reminds me of Becca. The way she smirks reminds me of my dead ex-girlfriend. Things she says has stopped me in my tracks. And he, that's when he quotes, I'm glad I found my daddy. She's just as bashful as the dead woman, is what he wrote as well. She's just as bashful as the dead woman. I showed her a picture of the dead woman, and she says she, quote, looks like me. He finishes it off by saying, quote, I don't know if I'm projecting or not, but I don't think so. I do fully believe in reincarnation, but part of me feels sad that all she really wanted was a family. Listen, I don't think Philip's a pervert, but I, you know, there's two wolves inside everyone and and they're constantly fighting and the wolf that wins is the wolf you feed. If you're sitting there and you think that your daughter, you have a choice. There's two wolves. One is that your daughter is the daughter of you and your wife. And she says some things sometimes. But she's a unique individual with her own soul and life ahead of her. And even if she does do weird things from time to time that remind me of my ex-girlfriend, I'm just going to brush those off. I'm going to be like, well, yeah, you know, women. (laughs) What are you going to do? Sometimes they act alike. I'm going to feed that wolf. Or you start feeding the wolf that you start looking for the things that remind you of Becca. You start looking for it. And you try to now, now you're fitting behavior. You're like, well, Becca kind of did something like that. I remember when Becca would clip her toenails. She did a bad job at it. And so does Beck. So does April. April's terrible at it. Oh, I remember Becca loved this television show, and this show is kind of like the show Becca used to like. April loves this show. You start to find your feet in that wolf. One's going to turn you into a good father. One's going to turn you into a horrible pervert. Because I can't imagine... how you could have a sane and safe and responsible relationship with your daughter growing up in your household if you view her as... I mean, I'm just going to come out and say, right? there's no way to get around this. A sex object. Or growing into a sex object. If, you, if it was your dead ex-girlfriend who you never got over is now your daughter. And you truly believe that. That will mess with your brain. Now here's the thing. I'm not denying that it could be true. I'm at no point saying that this is not Becca and April's body. Because 
I don't know, right? And that's a creepy part too, but here's the thing. If Becca reincarnated into your daughter's body, the safe thing to do is to just ignore it. Don't feed that wolf. Feed the wolf of being a strong and supportive father for your daughter. And if through a quirk in the multiverse, this wheel that shifts us all so we learn over and over again, this path of reincarnation towards nirvana, if it happened to put your ex-girlfriend, who was the love of your life for a period of time, you had a lot of fun with, put her soul into the body of your five-year-old daughter, ignore it. That would be my advice. That would be my advice on this one. And I think a lot of you guys are with me. You guys understand why I'm saying that. I'm not denying that. Because here's the thing. I think reincarnation is a beautiful concept. I think the idea of the infinite heaven, the oneness with all, nirvana, heaven, whatever you want to call it, paradise, that to me is 10 times, that to me is 100,000 times more frightening than being born again on earth as a bug. Because I know what the real world's like. I know how the physical rules work in this universe. It's the unknown of the infinite, which terrifies me about death. It's not leaving, not being not Jason Carpenter anymore. It's about not knowing what comes next. That's what terrifies me. So I love the idea of reincarnation. I don't personally know if it's true, but I love the concept of it. So I'm not denying that this actually could be. I'm saying don't do anything about it. I'm saying ignore it, and especially don't look for more signs. Don't show her photos. Don't start playing old albums to see if she likes them. Because whether or not she's the reincarnation of your dead ex-girlfriend, Becca, she has to live her own life. And this would be... I feel bad, because I feel like I'm throwing Philip completely under the bus and again i'm not saying that he's a horrible person or anything like that but this is that time where you have to make a decision which wolf do you feed if you believe that your daughter is the reincarnation of becca fine whatever but ju then just ignore it is what i'm saying as a paranormal researcher in this particular case i'm saying ignore it she needs to live her own life. And this would be, this is what I was saying earlier before I interrupted myself. This would be a, this is basically where you could either let her live her own life and be a strong and supportive father or you're grooming her. That's, that is the line that someone could be on if they believed this. And it's creepy. It's a creepy story. If it's true, the reincarnation thing could actually be, this could be Becca's soul. She could, geez. I mean, like, I kept saying, what if it was an accident? It's possible Becca wanted to be in this kid, which would be creepy for her as well. He thinks maybe she just wanted a family. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, here's the thing. The whole thing is just so creepy. Because you have an ex-lover now in the body of your daughter, I would just ignore it. She could sit there and turn to me and say, Hey, Dad, remember that time we went out to Bennigan's and I got so drunk? <laughs> She's like six years old. She's like, I vomited everywhere. And then you picked me up and I touched your face and said, 
I'm glad I found my daddy. Do you remember that? That's weird, Dad. I have that memory because I'm only six. Just ignore it. Like, what can you do? You don't want to feed into this. And I think, I think if reincarnation is real, we do have a lot of stories of people coming back with memories of places and historical events they shouldn't know. It usually wears off, right? Usually these memories go away as they get older. You, memory, you remembering your past life is a glitch, not a feature. It usually fades away over time. So if you don't encourage it, if you're not showing your pictures or trying to get her to remember or playing music that Becca used to love or talking about these things that you and Becca used to did just to see what her reaction is. You don't feed into it at all. Let her be a little girl who might have the soul of your dead girlfriend in. That may be the case, but just let her live her life. That is what you need to do because if you do it the other way, you are grooming her. And there's nothing good about that. Even if you're like, this is 100% proof there is life after death. I can prove that my dead ex-girlfriend's soul is in the body of my daughter. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that proof. People are like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, James Randi will give you a million dollars, but uh, do you really want to go through with this guy? Do you really want to like sit there and subject? Because what happens when the girl picks up on that? What happens when the little girl, she gets older, now she's 9, 10, and she goes... I do remember all these memories. I do remember dating you, Daddy. I remember you were my boyfriend. She's Her brain is... How would she... It's, it's no longer a theoretical exercise. It's no longer paranormal research. When you have a girl who's 10, 11, all of a sudden... Because for the past five, six years, you've been reinforcing this idea that she's a reincarnation of your dead girlfriend. What happens when she goes, you're right, I am. I mean, there's no good that can come out of this story. The best good is to just ignore it. Just pretend that it's not happening. Because either you fall too deep and you start to think, well, my girlfriend must have come back into the body of my daughter for some reason. Maybe, you know. Or your daughter eventually like goes, wait a second, my dad's trying to convince me that I'm his ex-girlfriend who killed herself. And maybe I am. So what would that mean for me as April? What do I do now knowing that I'm really my dad's ex-girlfriend? Like, there's just no good that can come out of this. Proof of the paranormal is great. It is a theoretical thing. Being able to bring in Bigfoot in a cage. Or you trap a ghost. Casper's locked in a glass box. He's like, let me out. I need air. I need oxygen. This is like, you're like, okay. You don't want to call in any paranormal researchers. This might be proof. And you know what would be even more tragic? We'll wrap it up like this. Is if it's not. If it's not. These are all just coincidences. Or he's mishearing stuff. Or just. He's looking for white cars. He drives down the road and says. All the white cars are following me. He's going to see more white cars that day than not. He's feeding that wolf. But it's not that. There is no reincarnation. This is a totally individual human soul inside April's body. But he convinces her and convinces himself that this is Becca in his daughter's body. Like, I mean, that's just as bad. Even if reincarnation, if you're like, I don't believe in reincarnation, it's probably a little worse. At least the reincarnation one, you can kind of blame on the universe and be like, well, you're the one who put 
But you're the one who put Becca's soul in my daughter's body. If, if that's not an element and you're just telling her that and telling yourself that, then, I mean, at that point, it's just cruel to both of you. Crazy, crazy story. Paranormal, possibly, you know. I like the idea of reincarnation. But I mean, you know, the little caveat. Not, not like this. Not like this. It's a terrifying story. And I really do hope Philip makes the right decisions and doesn't feed that wolf because it could get real bad. It could get real gross real fast. It goes from being a paranormal story to a true crime story really, really quickly. Dead Rabbit Ray. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, everybody! This is stories I, I plan to do on my birthday. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But 